0: Hello and welcome to the first of our proper pre-season previews here in the Preview of football Line podcast. Um, you may have noticed there was a pre-season preview that went out um, last week. If you've not heard that one already, that is an explainer of the current sporting integrity issues. I think it's probably best to describe them as um, in Serbia at the moment. Um, and well worth a listen because... Come the 21st of July, it probably becomes pretty much redundant uh, because that's when the CAS come back about a lot of those issues. But we're not talking about the Serbian Super League today. We're not. We're talking about the high NL. And why are we talking about the high NL? Because it is the league that starts competitive-ish games first this season. This coming weekend, the 15th, uh, on the 15th, we have the Super Cup Final between uh, Dino and Haiduk. Then the the league itself starts the following week. Um, Because it's got a competitive game in before all that, I wanted to get the actual episode in before. It all really kicks off next week because next weekend is when there's quite a few leagues starting. So it's going to be quite... uh, taxing it might be fair to say um usually I, when i've sort of done this episode i've actually completely scripted the thing and so sort i've of done it almost like an episode um like a timeline episode um this time around i'm not doing that because um just because of when everything's landing that would be um insane quite simply um so what we are doing is sort of Picking out a few questions that are around each team in the High and L this season and trying to answer them and trying to establish where teams are going to land up. So the we start, as usual, from top to bottom, um, which means we start with Dinamo, of course. And the big question this year um, is sort of two-pronged. Um, well, these are two questions I've written down. One, does the new sporting system work? And two, can Dynamo really do all their business in the space of a week at the end of the window? Now, those two questions are pretty much interrelated, as you can probably tell. Um, but as you have heard, uh, I was talk about on here quite a bit last season. Uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, at HYFPRW, I'm on threads as well. <laughs> Same username, if that's you, your thing. Um, I'm not quite using it yet. Uh, I don't think it's a very good app. Um, and also Zuckerberg. Uh, anyway. We had um, sort of this struggle for power at the top of Dinamo in the middle of last season, um, which eventually resulted in Dario Simic coming in as sporting director, Igor Bishan as head coach, um, rather than it being anti-Katish uh, doing both. Um, that, previous system didn't work it had too much power in one person's hands um and also you know that person wasn't that great at either of those roles i think i think that's what most people would agree uh, on saying that this time around i think dinamo have run into uh, an issue that a lot of clubs have run into um you know when you sort of go back maybe eight, nine years, and you look at Celtic in Scotland, um, the season was defined by what happens before the end of August. Um, and you try to delay everything until the end of August, and you end up with this extremely condensed window of doing stuff. Um, Dynamo's issues right now are fairly simple. Um, now, there was actually a rumour they were had been unable to pay players on time um i think they which the club have uh, quite vociferously quashed um but it was a very believable one for a, for a particular reason i think by this point of the summer you know mid-july in an ideal world dino would have gotten quite a lot of their business done um or at least the replaceable bits of their business done so you know i think the goalkeeping question for example you know they absolutely expect Dominic Livakovic to be leaving this summer. They probably expect him to be gone by now and there to be an extra 10 million quid or so in their bank account. There isn't. Um, and as such other things are having a knock-on impact. Um, and that situation is similar throughout quite a few areas of the squad. You know, I think for Igor Bichon, what he's wanting to do is bring through quite a few young players um, and you know absolutely do do that you know it's a really positive step to see Dinamo take that on Um, but he can't really go wholehearted into the reconstruction that he obviously wants to do until the point at which um, he's got the players out of the way so I think if you are looking at Dinamo's squad composition right now Dominic Livakovic obviously very extremely likely to go. Joseph Sutalo, again, extremely likely to go. Um, going further up the park, we know um, very much the same applies to Luka Ivana Sech, uh very likely to leave this summer, and also Bruno Pekovic. So, you know, that's four decent fees that you expect to come in. Um, you know, I think particularly for Sutalo, it's going to be well in excess of 15, possibly pushing 20 million. Um, and they can't, they're a bit stuck until that all happens. Some of those positions, they already have cover and replacement in, you know, Livakovic goes, then you would imagine Ivan Nevesic just takes over. Um, you know, he's certainly proven himself enough at this level um, to be deemed capable to do that. You know, you can see there's been some smaller deals that have taken place. Obviously, for Maro Perkovic from Eastleigh, that is one that was arranged in the spring. Uh, but we've seen Maxim Bernard, um, who's come from uh, come from Ligue 2. Uh and statistically, he looks very, very good, um, and so exactly the sort of uh, ball playing defender you'd expect Bishan to want in his side. But that's been and that's the end of it. Um, and I'd say that is because they've not been able to shift players on. They've been able to promote a couple of players. You know, we have, um, you're know, definitely is going to be part of the first team squad this time around Petar Sucic, who spent the last season out at Zrinski. He's um, looked very good pre season and will be you know, quite likely a large part of um, match day squads, if, if not the starting point not if not the starting squad at this point. Um we've seen players who've had you know later commitments, obviously Martin Paturina in in the in the midfield, uh, the European under 21s, and you know, obviously the players who took part as part of the Nations League as well. Slightly earlier. You know, we know that the um replacements for lots of these players are already at the club. It's just a case of clearing the road. For them to get there, and the longer it takes for that road to be to be cleared, the worse Dinamo's prospects are. Um, you know, you would fancy if they don't. You know, if it's a case of they get to the Champions League group stage, is obviously the best case scenario, but they aren't doing much of their business until those four or five days before the end of the transfer window when the Champions League playoff ends well you've got a problem then because everyone knows you're a motivated buyer um and everyone knows (laughs) that they can get a little bit extra money out of you um as you know on the other side of it you know also they've got to find a way for players to to come through um and how they want to actually build on the side and i think it's and that's probably the really interesting thing with, with Dino is for once, we don't really know how they're going to look um, because we don't know who's going, when they're going. Um, and, you know, the same sort of applies for the for squad players as well. Um, you know, for, for example, Mara Perkovic, you know, where, where does he slot in? Um, for uh, others who've gone out to other clubs um, and, and are returning from... Loans. You would be looking at, yeah, for example, Yakov Anton Vashil, um, or Antonio Marin, or Ivan you know, I- Ivan You know, there are players who don't have a future at the club, and not necessarily not necessarily those, but you can you pretty much know who they are. Do you chop know, again at 33 from um, his loan at Sumik, Does he really have a, a future at the club now? Sandro Kolenovic um, is one where we know uh, you know are actively looking to sell him. Um, those aren't the only names. So there's this flux about Dinamo coming into this season. Is it the sort of flux that means they will would fail to win a title? Probably not, because that's just not how it works in Croatia, is it? Let's be honest. But I think it certainly puts Dinamo on a st- standing where things should be closer this season than they were last. And there weren't... Ex- it, Exactly, you know, they won't blow out title winners last season by any means. Um, you know, for a considerable amount of the season, they were distinctly unimpressive. Um, and you're waiting for these players to come through and do, and do their things, and it's just not necessarily working. Bichan, of course, is a, is going to be a better manager for the club than Ante Chachish was, but this is a real challenge the next six to eight weeks for Dinamo. First of all. What's their European destiny going to be? That's a big question. Secondly, you know, once they know that, how quickly can they get business done? Do they have things lined up? Um, and thirdly, really, can they realize the value for the players who do want to move on? Um, you know, I think that's is one thing that has seemed quite difficult for clubs across the whole region this summer, um, is actually. Realizing value for their players, um, so we'll, we'll get onto it a little bit later with Rijeka. But um, for example, there's Matia Frigan, The best offer they've had so far is four million. They're looking for six and a half. Now, don't get me wrong. I pay six and a half million for him. He's a very good striker, and rieka I have a very, very well earned reputation for bringing strikers through. Um, uh, bring strikers who can get into the Croatian national setup. On top of that, you know, obviously, on, on uh, Cimeric, um, Antonio uh, you know, Mati Frigan is another one in 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 that line. But obviously, we will we will see how Dinamo look. They're quite a difficult side to preview at this point because you just really don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna look by the end of the window. I think they will look very very different to what they do now, um, and on, on top of that, how exactly they line up. And again, that could be very different to what Bishan had to work with in the spring, uh, because there's so much there that needs changing. You know, you, you look on transfer TransferMarkt. Um, they have 10 players down there as a centre forwards. You don't need ten centre forwards in a squad, and okay, some of those will go out on loan. Some of those are players they are wanting to dispose of already, but not all of them are. You know, you've got Bartol Barisic as you know young player coming through, Fran Topić, uh, and they're looking to find game time for him. Um, and you know, on 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 top of that, you know, as the players coming, players who have improved, players who have alternative expectations. For example, Gabriel Rukvina, um, Dario Stikic as well, and as we sort of mentioned earlier, Petar Suchic as well. It's, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one. And it's possibly quite strange to come into a season where you don't really know what the biggest side are going to look like. There are a little bit of a mystery box. I suspect probably there will be slightly worse than last season. Um, or at least they'll get off to a slightly slower start than last season um that i think will be their primary issue and if they are getting off to a slow start well then the um side best place to benefit from that would be high uh, because it's high who they face not only in the super cup but also on day one of the league um day one of the <laughs> league is Hyduk uh, traveling uh, to Maximir to take on Dinamo. So let's talk about hi-duk. Um And my little questions I've got here. There's one that's really just a statement, which is the words Ivan Perisic. And two, have Hyduk fixed their Levia problem? So let's start with Perisic first. It has been quite long trail that Perisic is looking to play at Dinamo, at, at high-duck at some point before he hangs up his boots um and this summer seems quite a handy landing point for that um you know he doesn't seem to have a future at spurs he's not really the sort of player andrej anj um would see too much in you know, even, even though few can argue about the uh, sheer cv that perisic carries um but also, there's see there there is interest in him from I think you've seen I think they have seen sort of Fenerbahce and um, potentially some of the Saudi clubs as well. But in terms of you know Ivan Perisic just being Ivan Perisic, um, you know he's actually from around <laughs> split. So while there is the potential that, you know, some Saudi side throws a ridiculous amount of money at him and he goes to it. I think there's less chance of that than there are for a lot of other players. Um, I think Perisic sort of want, at, at this point wants to be happy and so is probably the place where he would be happiest at this point in, in his career. Obviously, It will be a financial stretch for the club. You know, (laughs) Ivan Perisic isn't going to come cheap, but I think it's almost certain that he would accept a lower salary at Haiduk than he would anywhere else. Um, And it's quite clear that if it's going to happen, it's going to happen this summer. Um, So there's there's that. And that's going to rumble in the background, basically, until he turns up holding a Haiduk strip, smiling next to Lucy Jakubic, um for the social media channels. Um, and at that point, then up sell probably about 100,000 strips with Perisic and whatever number he has, he com- brings with him on his back, and make their money back. <laughs> now, in terms of the actual side that they are coming into, this season with say, the question was how Heiduk fixed their Levia problem. Now, their Levia problem um, isn't a problem in so much as it's when they play with Marco Levia they are very good. When they don't play with Marco Levia they are less good. But I think they have may, may have actually gone some way to sorting that out this summer um, by bringing in Leon Tijaku from Sunderland. And um, just from the friendlies that I've watched of theirs, um, you know, they've looked. They actually sort of trialed a couple where they were, this is what we're going to do without Levia this season, uh, line up, and, and you know, have those experiments in their style of play that you that you can have in um, in preseason. And it worked. Now, before bringing in De'Aku, um, his scoring record in England wasn't amazing, uh, by any means. You know, in his time at Sunderland, up in the northeast, um, you know, he's had uh, thirty-two league appearances, four goals, four assists. It's not massive, um, but you know, when you bear in mind that he's twenty-two and playing at quite a high level, it's it's not good. It's not bad, really. Um, Otherwise, when you actually look at the rest of the squad, it's more, pretty much as you were say They've cut quite a lot of the chaff. Um, goals will be back, uh, is fit, and that's a big bonus for them. Um, defensively, they are pretty similar. They've um, brought in a couple of uh, right-back and left-back this summer so far, um, really just to bolster the depth. Um I think in in both those positions. So left back you had, you had the actual starters won't change. Left back was Dario Melniak, um who was very good last season. Uh absolutely no problems with that. But again, if he had an injury issue, then there wasn't really anyone behind him. At right back it was Dino Mikanovic um and they brought in Fad Mufi. Um and again Mikanovic was absolutely fine not a problem i think Mufi probably is a little bit of an improvement um but again you know if it was the case where meccanovic got injured then you're putting in to go and Nikos to go as you probably know fantastic young player really big prospect um but do you want to be having teenagers on your left wing on your on your left as left back and right back when you're going to have teenagers probably in your defense, in your central defense as well, um, because obviously we know Luka Vyskovic, We don't know exactly when he's going and for how much. Again, that's one where it's not necessarily gone quiet, but it doesn't seem like anyone's really met what are expecting yet. And Dominik Pippic as well in in the center. There's <laughs> plenty of great young talent there. Um, you move up the field a little bit. You sort of see the players that they that have gone from the club: Marco, uh, Ezio Fazzati. Uh, Yusuf Vukovic as well. It's what they have is a, a lean side, but you know, we're going to see a lot more of Marco Capam, uh who's the captain of who was captain of the. He's got and he looks uh, a very very good holding midfielder. Rogas Pustas and had a very good season last season, a little bit inconsistent as you'd expect from your first full season and you know, still only eighteen. But again, you know there's links with him away, but nothing's really gotten to the point where I think Heidegger have been overly tempted. Um Yassin Berrahu, um uh, was absolutely excellent coming in for the f- second half of last season. A really good signing. Um with a full season, with a full preseason around him. I think, you know, again he'll be a little bit better. Um and Philip Kravinovich recently signed a new contract. Again, we know he's one of the better midfielders in the league just by looking at his CV, uh, more than anything. Um and then, you know, you, you, it is much the same up front. It is the same roster aside from you're adding Diaka to it, uh, which gives you that little bit more depth. And also, I think, you know, if you are without Lovia for a, a period of time, Diaka is going to link up a little bit better with Mlacar in the middle. And um, they're keeping on Filip Djuic as well um, after he was out on loan last season at Rodomnier uh, in Slovenia. Um, he's getting his proper chance with the first team now. Um, and I... Is, even though his record of goal-scoring last season wasn't necessarily that impressive, he, he he's shown enough uh, to, to be given that chance. So have they solved their Levaire problem? I don't know. I, I don't think he, if they were to sign Ivan Perisic, I don't necessarily think signing Ivan Perisic fixes you the Levia problem, but it probably does mean you can not play Lakar out as a left-winger anymore which i think is definitely going to be a positive um, because that's just not what he naturally is um can they challenge dinamo is the big question i think what we have with Hajduk this season is a slimmed down more effective unit um you know when you look at the players that have left the club uh, over the summer so far um you know as mentioned vukovic um, I've mentioned fozati Nikola Kalinic, Gurgel Vrencic, um as well as you know, a couple of the players who were out on loan going, um, Ivan Kalsic, uh, Mario Trewic as well. What you're looking at are depth players who they would have had to have played semi-regularly to make sure that things are happy in the camp, but didn't necessarily need... Um, And that's what I think we have where, so we had that question about Dino about is their squad bloated because they haven't got their business done as much as they want to as yet. With Heidek, it's almost the opposite. They probably do need a couple more numbers in there. Um, You know, I mentioned Yamlaka. I think is probably fairly well. I'm not a massive Yamlaka fan. Um, I think he has his good days and he has... His bad ones, um, and the bad ones come a little bit too often uh, for me. I think he's, you really can make it as someone I want to just put up front and absolutely rely on to to score week in week out. I don't think he's he's that player. I think if he was going to be that player, we probably would have seen it by now. Um, so that might be a position where I'd wish to reinforce. If you bring in Ivan Perisic in, you might not necessarily have the the spare funding to. Um but this is I think that when I, Ivan Leko come in as head coach of Hyduk, this is one of the big things that I sort of hinted at um is that this was a very, very, very big eighteen months, not just for Hyduck but for him personally. Um you know from from Hyduk's perspective, you're getting in a manager who is a I think as most people would agree a really really good manager one who you would sort of have thought maybe is actually a little bit beyond high reach um and for him this 18 months is can i win a title with high if i win a title with high then after the, the 2024 euros if zach Odalic wants to leave then i've got the Croatia job pretty much sewn up uh, and i've used high really well to raise my profile and get the next Major move in my career that is how it works for Ivaneko like, oh, for Heiduck. well, Michael Levaya is turning 30 uh next month, so we're getting to the point where he's gonna start declining, but probably after this season. We've got all these great young players coming through, but you know, Vuskic will be snaffled away soon enough. Pushtas, and you know, are we in his last season at Haiglock? We don't know. Marco Capan, uh, 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 yeah. Nico Chagour. There's many, many names I could name. I'm basically, just naming players at this point. Um, but this is one where the stars might align that you've got the young talent and the prime talent in the squad at the same time. And, yeah, if, it's, if it was going to be any season, it would be this season maybe more so than it was going to be last season. Last season, they still had issues, primarily at the back. You can see what they were trying to do, but it didn't quite work. This season, I think you can see what they're trying to do, and they've got the squad to do it, and as I say, they sort of slim things down and made it a more focused, effective unit. We will... Inevitably, see over the next over the, over the next couple of weeks, really, as to whether Hidok have it in them to throw some haymakers at Dynamo and win their first title for an awfully long time. Next, to cover the remainder of the Big Four, are uh, two sides who will hope this season is very different to certain parts of last season and um, we start off with ostiek and ostiek's two pair of questions quite simply does the opening of pampas slash the opus arena as it is now called uh, put an end to ostiek's money issues and have they got enough going forward so for those of you who aren't aware for a short period last season um i actually put under a, a transfer embargo not able to sign players because of owed debts to other clubs the reason why they owed money to other clubs was because their stadium project which was uh sort of the, the entire project itself was called pampas because of the, sort of the region it's in um massively overran now um it didn't open at the end of last season it will be open uh, I think it actually already had the initial friendlies in it. Um so they will be playing in it all season this time around, opening against Savem Balupo next weekend. Um so yes, that particular project ran about three years late, um, and involved multiple builders, multiple project managers, lots of people. You know, it wasn't just uh the case that it was COVID that completely messed that up. Um you know it was covid it was inflation it was the general planning and project management of the entire thing it was a mess um and as a result what we saw last season was that i think end up having to firstly sell a lot of players um not that that was necessarily unexpected but they had to to just keep things going um you know, we saw Ivica Ivić go, Laszlo Kleinheiser, uh, Diandre uh all as moves which were financially forced upon the club uh, uh, as much as anything. This season, that isn't so much an issue, um, or at least hopefully won't be so much an issue. However, they have still um, sold a couple of made a couple of major sales. Two big ones being Yevhen Shabalko. Uh, the Ukrainian defender who's gone to the Columbus Crew in MLS. Um, he had sort of fallen out with the club anyway. That's not, but that wasn't a surprise to see him go. Um, I think the deal had been sealed quite a little a, a little while ago. Uh, and secondly, Milan Daku. Um, obviously, he's been on loan. I think the entire of the past eighteen months at Mura in Slovenia. Uh, he moves for one point two million to Rubin Kazan in Russia uh without ever having really gotten a chance at uh Osteek, i think it's fair to add um so the second part of that question therefore is have they got enough going forward well we know see we're talking about the players who've left belio brilliant young striker darku again didn't really they didn't really get the chance at um at Osteek, but uh, he's a fantastic uh, striker you know he, scores score goals for fun in Gosford, score goals for fun in Slovenia. And you know, sort of the half season he was given a chance from the bench uh, in Osijekunde in Ablice. uh, he was pretty decent. Um you know he didn't he didn't look out of place. Um also left the club uh Topcaric. Um they say that again not unexpected he was uh, very much a backup but if you're looking at the striking options that they have you basically I'm on Mieres and you're supposed to spoil which isn't too much really um, they may perhaps look to use Christian Fuchak uh, as a centre forward Grich did to pretty good, good effect uh, in the second half of last season but they did a lot of things right um, otherwise you, you're looking at that and Wondering a little bit where the goals come from. Mieres is a fantastically annoying player to be up against as a defender. Um, you know, he's, uh, you know, to sort of use, to compare, um, you think, Chris Martin, when he was at Derby, he's got a big bum. Um, very good at backing into players. Very good at doing runs. Very good at just irritating a defender. Um, sometimes, you know, that work translates into goals, sometimes it doesn't. It's sort of two seasons ago now that it did that it translated into goals. The past couple of years have been far less impressive in terms of you know an actual concrete return on the work that he does. You also have Christian Loverich. And while it feels wrong to almost dismiss Loveridge, uh, because we know what his history is, we know what he did at Griecher, we know how good he can be, and also He's been utterly cursed, and things haven't worked out for him in any way, shape, or form, and it's quite difficult to see why, necessarily, um, that's going to change too much. I think very much the focus of the side this season is not so much going to be on having um guy on the left cutting in and curling things into his top corner. So Jepp um you know if you watched him too much at Sheriff, you know, he's very he liked his wing is very orthodox. Um and that I don't think is something that bodes too well uh for Lof- for Lofridge. Um you know if he's having to rely on his left foot rather than his right that that could be a problem. Um but he did start, I think it was good, picking at Shivinik in the penultimate game of the season. That was probably the best game I've actually seen him put in um, for us here. You know, He was really running down, really good running down the lines, getting into spaces for delivering crosses, um, and picking up this nice areas to offer an attacking threat that was different to what he offered when he was at Garica. Um I still think yeah, he's obviously a very good player in there uh, because we've seen it. Um, I don't know how close he is to re- recapturing that form, and I don't know how much Osijek are going to be the side that enable him to recapture that form. When you take a step back you, and you actually look at who di- has uh, Tomás brought in the season, it's been very much entirely defensive. Um, Stefano Savangelo Guedes, um, right back and Torino um, right-back and centre-back, both come in from Sheriff. Um, and don't want to be mean, but it's quite hard to judge how they'll be at this level compared to how they are at that level. Moldovan League, you know, you do get good players at Sheriff, but they are playing very, 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 very bad sides uh, 100% of the time, to be quite honest. Um, I was umming and erring whether to 99.9% or 100%. I think I'll go with 100% of the time. Uh, they're playing sides who are um, far inferior to them. Um, so they have things that are promising at the back. Um, if you are talking about Adrian Leon Barisic, uh, very highly tipped. Uh, got his uh, international debut over the summit but um, didn't look great to have made a couple of mistakes at at that level but you know you're 21 year old center back you're learning um and you know even though he's 30 slavko bralic comes back having had a really excellent loan spell at greecha they're a little short on numbers at the back is probably if you're going to make a a, a criticism then that's something they'll look to add i'm sure um the other Incoming players being Alexander uh on loan from Shakhtar Netsk. and really, if you actually are sort of looking at the depth chart there, you've got one player at right back, one player at uh, left back, three centre backs that are you know that are first team level. So they will struggle big time if there's any injuries. Um, but you. Move forward into, into the midfield, it's still a very good midfield. You know, Darko Jasmic is a very good player at this level. Um, Vedran Jugovic can still do the business at this level. Um, Ivan Fili, which Mihail um, and I dare even say Mio Jack I is not a player I'm a massive fan of. I think as um, people who are long time listeners will know. Um, my views on that, um, yeah. They have plenty in wide areas. They have, uh, if you, if from an attacking perspective, um, you know, it, it isn't just Lovric. Um, Domingo Ibušvić came through very well uh, towards the end of last season. Finger comes back from a lone spell at Gorica Again, that was a fairly positive one for him. Nikola Janić, um, the Montenegrin, again, another very good player. And Jimmy Gijan, um had, has had trouble but you know again we know he, from his cv he has the capability at this level i think this is probably where osiek are i don't think um they're in a position where they could challenge steam or a high duck at all and um, there's n- really no doubt about that they're not at, at that level but they have what they have are a lot of players with things to prove and if each of those bets come off then yes they can really push um you know if christian Lovrich returns to his career form well there's 15 goals a season and that's <laughs> you know 15 goals a season plus whatever he provides from jerez well you know that's automatically going to win you a, a few games um we'll see there's not enough there for me um but also whether there's enough there to stop whether there's enough of a deficit to stop them from falling out of the top four is another question entirely, which we'll probably get on to when we are talking about the other sides in the division. Certainly what I would say is if Ossic didn't fall out of the top four after basically going a few months without winning a game in the spring, then they're probably not going to (laughs) um, when they've got the full season and have prep and stuff. Which leads to Rijeka, and Rijeka are, are Rijeka the second best team in Croatia right now? That's uh, going to be, I think, possibly. It's not one of the questions I wrote down, but it's probably the question I'm going to talk about the most here. The questions I wrote down is, will they keep Sergei Jekirovich? Jekirovich has been linked heavily with the uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina role. I think, um, for when I wrote this note at the weekend, I think that has sort of passed now. Um, they've been linking a lot of other names, mainly people who don't have jobs and they don't have to pay money to. Um, for Yekirovich's part, I think he has said he, you know, he would be willing to, if the NFSBIH are willing to pay Rijeka a large bag of money. They aren't, so it ain't happening. Um, the second part is, is their young talent game ready? And that is going to be a big question, but a slightly smaller question than it was um a few hours ago. Um we'll just very quickly run through the the re You have Neriko Labrovic is possibly the best goalkeeper in the league. Um you know, they have that as a strength. He's now you know very much um he's captain of the squad now and you know very much a regular at this level and also you know as the third keeper in the international side. Uh, you know, That when you realize there is quite a large amount of goalkeeping talent in Croatia, that's testament to how good he is. When you talk about uh, defensively, in terms of who they've brought in, it's time they brought back Marian Chabria. Uh, Chabria moved to Hibbs from Grecia. He had been, sorry, not from Grecia, from Dinamo. He moved to Dinamo from Grecia and had. Done very well at Gariccia. Didn't really get too much of a chance at Dinamo. Um, But I I think when you're talking about a left back, that's always been a position that's been quite hotly contested there. So that wasn't a massive surprise. Um, But he comes in to improve that flank. You look at um, the defensive lineup. It's probably the one area of the squad where you're a bit, "Mm," if we accept Shabriya, he's probably now first left back um, on the right hand side. Alan Gigic, um, and you've got Daniel Vega on there. Vega probably again will be getting the start there, and then in the centre you've got lots of lots of players who have been good at points who are either on the way up or on the way down or have question marks over them about in injury and things like that, You're obviously Emil de Lava, Niko Galicic, Ivan Smolcic, um, all <laughs> names that are perfectly capable at this level. Are they perfectly capable week in, week out if you want to win a title? I'm not so sure. Um, you take a step up into the midfield, they've just brought in Tony, F- well, sorry, I don't think they've actually confirmed the deal yet. Tony Fruk is very, 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 very likely to be joining Rijeka. Um, so he's been on loan at Gorica um, And when he's played Because he spent quite a bit of time out last season With injury, Gorica were a much better side He is a very, very, very talented young man um, And a very big addition for Ieka But I mean, you even look at um, the rest of the squad In the midfield position You know, Ferdinand Ivan Lepinic New signing, Dejan Petrovic um, coming in from Rapid Vienna, Slovenian International, very good player. Uh Lyndon Salahi again came on loads last season. Adrian Libere, again another really promising player. Coming in, two more coming in. Marco Pasilic comes in from the youth um the youth group of Dortmund. Um, and if you've watched video on him, you'll know he's a very, very talented player. Niko Jankovic um, has spent time on loan about from Dinamo. Again, you know, that's something that, that's been confirmed um, to be now, now a permanent deal. And then you go to the front line, and this is possibly where you have, maybe I hesitate to say a weakness. The question is going to be what the future of Mattia Frigan is. Um, Frigan, if they get the money they want from him, obviously they'll be able to replace him very well indeed. If they don't, they'll keep him. Um, you know, and I think this is one thing with Riedewa is they are not a club who feel any pressure whatsoever to sell for below market value. Um, and for, for, from Frieda's perspective, I've not heard anything suggesting that he is pushing to get out at the moment. I think he's he's not unhappy, but you know, he, if he had a few extra grand in his bank account, he'd be a bit happier. Um, <laughs> you know how it is for for players; they have they have short careers. Um, I think it is entirely possible that Frigan could be there come winter, um, particularly if Rijeka are able to do well in Europe. Um, you have Prince and Pem out on the right, uh, Naith jo- Joara, um, who's been alternating um, from wing and, cent- and central um, for some of last season, and um, the only sort of real doubt. It's not even a doubt, but it's a solved one now. Was the left hand side of attack? Um, see, last season they had Antonio Marion on loan from Dinamo, he's gone back to Dinamo. They brought in Tony Fruke. Um, as much as I love Marion, that is an upgrade, uh, that is an upgrade and a half, let me tell you. Um, so yes, they're pretty good. And I think the other thing, you know, when we've talked about um, Dinamo and Hajduk, you talk about Dinamo being voted, Hajduk having slimmed down a bit. Rijeka haven't really slimmed down, but the players they've got off the books, you know, Mario Vrancic, that just was a cursed move as soon as it happened. Pablo Alvarez didn't work. Mario Juricin didn't work. But those are three fairly high earners that they've managed to get off the wage books and to bring in, you know, Chabraia and Petrovic will be on fairly decent salaries, but the rest won't be. Um, and, you know, there's other promising players who are coming up through the youth level. Um, you know, you'll hear quite a few people probably in the future talk about Nico Geisler, Um made his debut last season, but, you know, his scoring record at youth level is pretty impressive. Um, so, the question is, really, are they the second best team in Croatia right now? If it all works and these players play to what they can, yes. Um But I think it's very close between them and Hajduk. Um, and it's not that far from either to Dinamo. I like Hajduk. I think they have a very good first team squad. Um, I think the slimming down they've done has been very effective but i still think they probably need a couple of bodies and a couple of positions um to be able to withstand the impact of a season particularly if they are able to do well in europe you know if you're talking about doing thursday sunday every week for the next four months then that's you know that's naturally going to wear down and you're going to be having league games where you can't play marco levin and things like that um Rijeka have a squad that is on paper kind of bloated because there are quite a lot of numbers there, but the numbers are of people who are young um, and who naturally at any club you'd be rotating them for game time. So I don't think there will be an issue in terms of controlling the um, happiness, <laughs> for whatever I'm better term, the happiness of the side. Um, you know, you will have a few players who are near enough ever ever present in the spine here, you know, which will be, you know, we're talking probably Labrovic, Gasic, Hudja, Frigam. If you are saying that's going to be your spine of your side, that's a pretty good spine of your side and you were rotating pieces around it, um, barring injury and things like that. Um in addition, Sergei Akirovic is just a really good manager. Um you know he got this no one else could get a tune out of this side. Last autumn, he managed to get it straight away. And they were probably the best side in form-wise over the second half of last season, which is, you know, really saying something. They they came from a long way back. uh, But 34 points in 19 games, you know, if you pull that out over a season and bearing in mind he's not having to do the recovery work he had to do right at the start of that, you're probably calling that a 70-point season. Um, and if you're calling that a 70-point season, then if we look at uh, the table for last season, um, you know, that would have put Rijeka firmly where Heidek were in second. Um, you know That's an extra 20 points on them year on year, you go back a season before, and we just talk about sort of historical um, precedent. Really, that's going to have you second, um, or very, very close to it, Um, and in a title fight in some years. And that's where I think they will be. Um, You know, we'll probably, if we were doing, um, if you follow Swiss football data on Twitter, do a lot of work in terms of UEFA coefficients, but also a lot of focus, obviously, on the Swiss Super League. They do a uh, beat the bot, they have a little robot uh, AI program that predicts what points are going to have uh, for the season for each team in the Swiss Super League. I beat it last season, so I'm smarter than a robot. Um, <laughs> Skynet doesn't stand a chance against the history of Yugoslav football podcast. Um, but if you had that for Croatia, and I was pulling points numbers out of the air, I would probably be saying for that top four, Osieck, you know, maybe looking 55 to 60 as their spread. Rijeka, you're probably looking 67 to 72. Hajduk, 70 to 75. Dynamo, 75 to 80. So you sort of see with, with that top three, there's not that big a gap really between their ceilings. Um, you know, if Dynamo performs up to their floor around about 75 points, well, that's within Hyaduct's ceiling. That's only just outside Reiecki's ceiling. Um, You can sort of see how a three-way title race would come about. Whether it does or not, it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, we know Dinamo are going to sell players, and I think we can fairly confidently predict that if Dynamo are going into uh, the winter break in trouble, they'll spend that money. Um But that... So it covers the top end of the uh, Croatian League for this season. So let's talk about the rest of them. Moving out of the top four, um, the logical place to start this season is uh, with Eestra, um, who had their, I think, their best it results in their history last season, in terms of um, where they finished in the league. Um, massively successful season. Um, and for a long time, really looked like they might actually reach Europe at a point um, before I think, uh, they faded slightly and uh, Ossier, um came slightly back to life. Um, in terms of the questions we have over them this season, I think they're fairly obvious ones, really. Um, is a decline after Gonzalo Garcia inevitable? Can they stay good at the back? And how much will the loss of Monsef Bakra hurt them? So if you've not seen, um, because it has happened fairly recently, Istra's um, star striker, the Algerian Monsef Pekra, um has left to join nycfc in the in the major league soccer and um yeah a very very decent fee of 2 million um that's not the first time nycfc have shopped in the high and and uh, obviously it was not that long ago that um Hebert, uh, left Rijeka to go to the same club and you know obviously there's quite a few mls clubs who shop in the region in general i've already mentioned uh Columbus crew picking up Yevgen Chebeko, for example but Bakara isn't really isn't the only disruptive uh, departure from this summer um, you have know, to we mentioned uh, Maro Perkovic joining Dino that had been long trails, so that's not really uh, anything to really think about too much but the other main one is uh, the loss of Enar Galilea um, like Galilea Spanish Centre back slash centre mid um, over the years, but I mean, really have been at you know, Easter for an extremely long time. Um, you know, I've been originally joined the club at the sort of very start of the Basconia era um, in 2019, uh, and then had been at the previous Basconia club the prior season um, at Rudez, before that fell to pieces. Um, so, you know, having a four-year-long association with the club for, uh, for a non-Groatian player is, you know, really quite long. And I think, you know, there'd be very few people who had a bad word to say about him. Um, so there's two very big changes in personnel at, at the club. Um, obviously, the third, as we hinted, Gonzalo Garcia having chosen to leave at the end of last season. He's been replaced uh, by um, Steph Carrigman, uh who, caretaker, I suppose it wasn't really a caretaker, it was an, in- an interim spell um, at High duck uh, between the departures of Dan Brascus and and um, the incoming of Ivan Leco over the winter. Um, now, he at Hiduk had an extremely good record, uh, but you know, obviously it's a very different job <laughs> um, taking over a, a smaller side than Hydroc and you know, going over a full pre season and things like that. Um, so, when we talk about Easter, we sort of have to have those three things in mind. One, that there is going to be a change in mentality. I think that change in mentality will be a positive one, at least um, positive in the sense of attacking rather than necessarily good. Um, but then also that they have a hole out in the centre of their defence and a hole at the point of their attack. By way of attempting to fix all of that... Um, we've seen a few interesting players come in. Um, Mario Cevic comes in from Hajduk. He uh, had been one who'd been uh, online in Slovenia. Um, Ivan Kalisic, again, from Hajduk as well. Um, you know, two passed over young talents. And I think what they will hope from, from both of those is kind of what we saw with, with uh, Tonio Teklic at uh, Varysin last season. You know, that yeah he's had that chance at high luck was maybe part of a generation before this current one that uh has, has really impressed and didn't quite make the grade at 18 19 20. but you know when you hit 23 24 really hits their stride. um the other signings that they've had have been far more interesting um sebastian nabila who comes in from dsc dunyash Uh, Dunajska Streda in Slovakia. Again, I watched the video on him. He looks a very good central midfielder. Um, Irfan Ramic from FK Sarajevo, 19-year-old, so definitely one with eye for the future. But, you know, if you're looking at his record in Sarajevo, hadn't shown, hadn't had too many appearances. You know, you're mainly looking at his youth level, record which is decent um but you're assuming really i I think looking at it that istra have gone a bit deeper into the data and deeper in the in-person scouting and then i certainly have um and have seen something there and then the final one is um shivani amakario from ostersund um so again you know it's from quite an interesting club more than anything um you know it's your sons um really developed their own little reputation a few years ago under potter um and then hopefully things things happened um but he sort of bounced about um the dutch leagues and then uh swedish leagues uh before going to easter it's quite an interesting movie it's better to be very technically technically good um but whether you know, he's, he's coming in as a left winger um, but plays all across the attack. So you're probably thinking perhaps he's, you know, a, potentially a direct Pacquiao re- replacement. Has he shown enough in his career so far to say that? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but it sort of sums up Istra's, um transfer strategy so far. The summer has to, been to bring in um, numbers up from, um, and real depth options in attack and you know i don't really think there's any doubt they've got a very talented attacking lineup but you still are going to have a few questions i mean if you talk about if we just talk about that attacking lineup as your left-sided options obviously amicario uh and mate Vuč, uh they didn't have a spectacular season last time around but we know he has certainly been rated as having the potential to be a very good player at this level not that long ago. Um, and you also had Lovar who who um, did impress in fitness Arts last season as well. On the right side, you're talking about uh, Mateo Sicher, absolutely brilliant last season. Um, and really looking forward to seeing if he can kick on a bit more this time around to see if he can get himself a, a big move. Darren, Darren, yeah, Darwin Mateus, um, the Colombian, um, decent in fitness arts. And then the upfront options that they have, which were uh, anti-Seg, er- now obviously missed a sizable portion of last season um, due to disciplinary issues. Um, I'm sure uh, most people w- listening will well remember him ripping up the referee's cards in, an- in anger um, at being sent off. Um, and Zoran Sipovic, um, I think that's probably the most questionable bit of the attack, and it'll be interesting to see whether they're sort of rotating and have quite a um, flexible and fluid front line. Because with Asik, you know, he's thirty-three, he has had serious injuries in the past. Would you want to bet on him having the same production this time around as last time? I, I, I certainly wouldn't. Um, Otherwise you're looking further back the park um, you know I think Galileo probably hasn't well no, not probably hasn't he hasn't been replaced at this point. So the question will be um, you know if what they had at the club already was enough. Um, you know Love is a great keeper I't know doubt about that there's plenty of cover in the midfield um, you know most of the midfielders that they have at the club. Uh, Petroshenko, obviously most notably, but Tronsov um, Dovniak, Kalasic that they brought in from Hajduk, uh, Franjo Milar, Ninar even, um, you know—are defensively minded midfielders, um, Nabila is a bit as well. Um, so you know, I think probably what you're going to have is a very combative middle of the park that's probably going to press quite high um, and seek to turn the ball over, high up the park, so that they can get the, just basically get transitional periods a lot. Um Because I think the def- defensively, they can be exposed. You know, there's not anything necessarily wrong with some of the names in there. Van Katic, very good season last season. We've seen his qualities at Celier. Luke Heuber, uh again, career best last season as well. Ante um very solid defender at this level. But... You don't have much depth in there, you know. Once you get past those three, you're into kids, basically, and that would be a concern because you know, at the end, for the midfield roles, they are going to have to screen that defence and try and um, ensure that that lack of experience isn't exploited. Um, but then also, they're going to have to try and turn the ball over quickly and press and leave spaces. I'm not quite sure. The balance is entirely there yet. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if you have maybe a, a defensive midfielder who's actually just basically a, a centre back um, this time around to provide a bit of experience, a bit of positioning, a bit of cover, and uh, a bit of distribution skills from the very back. Um, so, yes, is it, a decline after Gonzalo Garcia inevitable? Yes. It probably is. Um, I think you know if you just look at the makeup of this side, there's holes in it, Um, but I don't think they're by no means the worst side um, that we're going to come across this time around. Um, And I think you're probably looking at them again being mid-table, but slightly lower mid-table. You know, seventh or eighth rather than fifth or sixth, um, and pushing for Europe. I think that those issues at the back are going to be what really does for them. There's time for them certainly to resolve that and time for them to get another striking option. I think what they've got there is probably interesting enough already um, to pose quite a few issues for other sides in the league. But they're clearly a player or two off um, the sides that are going to be finishing above them this time around. One of those sides may well be Lokomotiva the well-known side who put together one of two things train memes and young players to go to dynamo but of late they've been all out of players to go to dynamo um so we've just been getting the train memes last season um so there two questions is one are their kids good and two does their season rely upon dynamo's business to answer the first, yes, their kids are good. I think the last season was very much a transitional one, um, because previously they borrowed Ivan Nevesic in goals for um, Dinamo, um, and as a result, for the first part of the season, they had to rely on players who were already at the club, um, which isn't necessarily that reliable. Um, but then, you know, as the season went on, what we saw was uh, Nikola Trifina come through. Um, a still an inconsistent keeper. You know, there's certainly times even towards the end of last season where I was watching him, thinking, you know, is his positioning really right at set pieces? A couple of errors. Um, I think one, those one was a, a a free kick goal, and you just watched it and you're like, why haven't you been able to get across to that? There just wasn't the the spring. He's clearly got all the component parts. It's just not necessarily got them in the right order. A bit like a more common wise goalkeeper at the moment. Um, in terms of going forwards up the park, you know, obviously there are, again, so I have many injury issues last season too that would explain some things. You know, obviously Lukas um had quite a serious injury for the first half of last season and missed a, you know, a considerable amount of it as a result. Um, which you know, on, <laughs> on the flip side meant that they were able to give more opportunities to Lukas Stoikovic. Lukas Stojkovic obviously came through as a, a very interesting talent. Um, but then, to also just mention up front as well, um, Tucci, uh Tucci, again, another one who came back from a very serious injury, sort of rediscovered his form as the season went on and towards the end of the season was, you know, a really good option for them. But that's what sort of goes into that second question, then does their business rely on Dinamo's? Dinamo are, of course, linked with Kachavenda. They're linked with Stojkovic. Um, I've seen them linked with Cazina as well. But they're not going to do anything for a few weeks because of issues so that means the locomotiva have their hands a little bit tied and what we've seen as a result has been some very interesting things and some very locomotiva things but not necessarily locomotive of maybe last season locomotive of five years ago also um so if we just quickly run through the players who have left um sort of just say where the issues might be i think there's Two main ones, two ones that are actually, in any way, shape or form, more difficult to replace. just Justin de Haas, who's gone to uh, um in the Portugal, I think they're in the second tier in Portugal now. We're um, oh, in the top tier, according to marked. I don't really pay attention to Portuguese football, um, but he you know, was a regular last season. Um in centre of defence, I think he's more replaceable than the other two, which is obviously Josip Pivaric, um, left-back who's retired. Um, he was you know, captain of the side and a uh, key penalty taker as well. Uh, you're obviously very good on those set pieces and you know, providing a, a level of experience. And uh, on the right-hand side, Brelamir Cepetic, who's gone to Kisvada, um, you know, a right-back I've really liked for a few years um, since before Lokomotiva brought him in from um, from Bosnia, uh, you know, very good right-back and very good right-back at this level who had earn, uh, earned a chance to have a move on to a where wear. You know, maybe their ambitions are of getting silverware. In terms of the players that they've brought in, and this is where you get to the really interesting bit, 20-year-old Clevis Trigai from Partizani, uh, Tirana. Um, in terms of other young players or other players from smaller leagues. Um, you have uh, Ivan Bilatovic coming in from Arsenal Tivat in Montenegro. You have a couple of players coming in from um, Slovenia, but most of it will be uh, Vinko Bishanic. Um, Ilya Masic coming in from Serki Brieg and as sort of the direct um, replacement for Pivaric Marin Levač coming in from Osijek, um, who is also a left back and was the same age as well. Hooray! Um, but the deals—the the deal for Dragai, is classic locomotiva, it going to you know the real Southern Balkans and finding a really you know really unheralded talent. You know he's only got uh, eighty-three minutes. Of senior football, but and you look at his under twenty one, his his youth football record, and it is extremely good, um, and I trust them because that, you know with Locomotiva not to talk too much about their actual scouting setup, um, but they have um, a person on the ground there who is very active and whose judgment has been consistently good for a long time. So when I see them go in and say, all right, okay, look, we buying this random lad from Albania. I'm like, okay, I'm, I've sat up and take note, took notice. I'm interested in seeing how this guy's going to go on. And, yeah, you know, let's be quite honest. It's worked um, with Abert Hocha as well. It's didn't necessarily work at Lokomotiva, but we saw last season at he is an extremely good player. Um, so there are those moves. There are some moves that I'm less a fan of, specifically bringing in Robert Mujarcia. Um, I think he's had a few chances over the past couple of seasons, and he's, I, he's never really impressed me or, or, on any of them. Um, so... Yeah, I'm not too sure the logic behind that one. I think possibly it is just to give a little bit more experience to the locomotive in the field, but it's probably the area where they didn't need it. Um, and I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just not a fan of that move basically. Um, so are they good? I think so. Um, I think you know, we have win it, it depends partly on how long they keep their key players. Chavlina is ready to go to a higher level, I would say, uh, as is Kacavenda, as is Stojkovic, and, you know, as well, and a couple of others. You know, if they were to disappear out to Austria <laughs> or somewhere, you know, you wouldn't be overly surprised, um, and they would make a success of it. Um, I think last season what we saw from Lokomotiva was they were very inconsistent, you um, you know, you had these spells where they looked like they could challenge anyone um, and did, um, because they had the individual talent there. They just weren't ever able to get on a roll enough to properly utilize it. Um, but, you know, still with Jibriah, there is a lot of uh, consistency in the coaching staff uh, and a consistency in approach. And that will enable them to bear fruit. Sort of similarly to Istra, I think, you know, you look at that sort squad, it clearly isn't the standard of Reiki It clearly is much better than some of the others in the league. I don't fear for them. I just don't think we're going to do anything too special this season. So moving on um, to the real wild card this season. Now, there were plenty of questions over Goricha last season. Um, Most of them posed by themselves um, after an absolutely terrible autumn and a a slow start to the spring, but they came very good. Um, And so there was only one question for Goricha, and... I think it's the one everyone will expect, which is will they pick up from where they left off last season? Um and it's a very difficult one to choose because there were elements around their revival last season that I think, let's be honest, didn't really make too much sense. Um you know, obviously Ivan banic is as goalkeeper, um just seems to be a different player um, when he's playing for them, um, as he is with anyone else. Um, You know, I think how much I probably slated him after uh, his spell at Olympia. And yeah, certainly stuck my words down my throat, Um, It's generally not very difficult to do. Um, You... Look at the side that they've got, and they haven't really changed too much. Um what they relied on quite a lot last season um, were loans of a few players. Um you know, Christian Fujak, I've also mentioned Ossiek Tony Fruk now um, of Rijeka. Um, and because I've been recording this in <laughs> at different times of day. Now confirmed at Rijeka, not just very, very, very likely to be joining Rijeka. He is actually there for certain. Um, Sofka Bralic as well at centre of defence. Um, you know, we also saw um, Ame Hirosh as well. Um, There's another one loaned out to them. Obviously, all those have gone. And also having departed the club uh, is Joy Um who has gone to Kamia Tissa, um, wherever they are, um, <laughs> in in Cyprus? Um, Suk had been at the club for five years. Um, so, sort of similarly to Anagaleo, Galileo, a bit of a, a, an icon um, as in terms of, sort of the standards of longevity uh, at Croatian clubs of non Croatian players. Um, and in terms of what they've brought in, they've not brought in too too much really. Uh, Matteo Less from Heracles Almelo and Sven Blumo, uh who comes in from uh, from Maastricht, both of whom, yeah, as you can tell from the things thing, were in the Eerste Divisie um, last season. And so it's not called the Eerste Divisie anyway; it's the Cup and Divisie. Um, but yeah, they're in the Dutch second tier basically, um, which isn't necessarily something that bows well. Um, I find a lot when you see these players coming from the, the from the Dutch second tier that they can be a real great variance uh, in standard, uh, because once you, in terms of the Dutch system, obviously we know the VTA very good. Second tier is a bit of a mishmash. The third tier is not good. Um, you know, It is, it is semi-pro and is you thinking getting to these Saturday and Sunday leagues in, in, in the Netherlands. Um, so the second tier sort it of has this bit of a, a an unhealthy mix of very small sides who, you know, probably might be better served by a bit more regionality in their system. Um, and sides who are looking at getting into the top tier. Um, both of these players are coming in from sides where they're higher up that particular food chain. Um, you know, for Sven Blumel in particular, you know, he's got you know, fifteen thousand minutes of, of league football in in the Netherlands, which is pretty, pretty good. Um and you know, I think it should be a really positive attacking influence for them For Mateo Less um is less experienced um excuse the pun um but can they carry it on i think you know, we've got to accept this that greeter were awful last autumn but there were also reasons why they were they were awful and, you know obviously this old uh christian Lovrich at the start of the year that, and he wasn't really replaced um tony fruit was injured um for a considerable amount of time. Um I don't think the managerial appointment at the start of last season was particularly correct. But they have the players there who are much much better than finishing ninth from the table. Um, you know, Cresmikus manage in as sense, you know, has been around the Heinel for quite a long time now, even only being twenty-three. And he's on his day, one of the better defenders in this division. You know, you go up into the midfield, Richard Piocia, again, is one of the best holding midfielders in this division. They were able to get a song out of Mervil and Docket, uh, which Osteek didn't manage to do. Josip Mitrovic doesn't necessarily deliver as often as he should do, but, you know, he's still a very, very good right winger. Valentino Mastorovic, um, you know, again, a decent attacking player, but, you know, really you can bet your house in him when he's taking a penalty um and you know bloom comes in to join alongside that particular roster what they maybe lack is potentially a center forward um tim metaphs didn't really offer loads uh last season uh, if we're entirely honest um when he came in mid season, Nikola Vojnovic, um, who joined from Fosterbach at the end of the last season, again, 19 appearances, 828 minutes, one goal. It's not enough. Uh, I think maybe they had bet a bit that Caio da Cruz um, was going to grow into the sort of player who's going to make a real impact, and he hasn't done um, so. From that perspective, I don't see them quite picking up where they left off, because I don't, I'm looking at that side and I'm wondering where the goals are coming from. Um, you know, I think there's plenty of creativity. I just don't think there's much there to put to put what's created in the back of the net, um, which has been something I think has been laid at Greech's door quite a bit, um, you know, all the way back to days of it being ploverished and uh, Chicken the eye as um, the front line there. But um, I think They will be very difficult to beat, no doubt about that. Um, There certainly won't be an easy point for anyone. Uh, They start, I think, quite favourably in terms of their schedule against Farazin, um, who we'll get to next. Um, But yeah, I don't quite... I certainly wouldn't expect them to be in the trouble that they were in last season, this time. Around, so having said, I'll get to them next. I'll get to Varazdin next. And Varysian, the question is a bit is more negative. It's quite simply, with so many players looking to leave, are they in trouble? Ooh, um, yes, a bit um, is probably the answer to that particular question. So, I haven't brought anyone in so far this summer, um, having left the club, hadn't been one major yet but um, it is very, very likely that Tonio Teklic will be going somewhere. Um, I think Farazin have offered him a new contract. He's been in discussions with Aberdeen for quite some time. I think the complications have been on the selling club level um, is my understanding of it. Um, And Rather than it being the, there being a reticence of Teklic to move, out. he, yeah, you know, I think he's quite aware. He's coming off a career best season. He's got one year left in his contract. The time to make a deal is now, um, and I think that is, in many ways, Varazdin's issue, um, because there's a few players who are in a similar situation. You know, obviously um, at the centre back, Matej Koloric, um, has been linked with Aberdeen as well, clearly there's similar thoughts going on there um, you look into the centre and you've got Agononese, an and you think is this the time for him to go um, and Michele Sago as well, you know again you players who are coming back and coming off career best seasons if you're going to make the most of your career from a footballer has a short career. Can I get a decent salary? So on and so forth from that level of things. This is the summer you make that move. So I think probably there's a lot of conversations that they give me going on privately between players and agents and then between agents and, um, all the people outside, (laughs) all the people who don't work at Varazine, um, to try and be able to present deals to Varazine that are acceptable. Um, I think probably what they're hoping is that by being very pushy uh, about TechLich's future in negotiations, that they don't then see a whole wave of the players come out and say, oh, we've let him go for buttons, now can we go, please? Um, I think that's what they're trying to avoid. That said, they definitely outperformed last season and i sort of hinted uh, mentioned there you know i had multiple players put in career best performances um you know by no means of those were those names i read off then the only ones you know i think Fran brodich uh, this was his first season he really looked at home at this level um and not by being a cl- really classy player um which is sort of what we'd seen with him previously in the, his career but just by knowing the timing knowing what area of the area to be in, um, sort of improving the mental aspect of his game, rather than the technical aspect um, that had been worked so well for him before, but maybe we've sort of been what held him back a little bit, um, as such, they're quite a difficult team to really gauge as to where they're going to end up, because again, like Dino, like Lokomotiva, we don't quite know where they're going to end up at uh, in six weeks' time. Um, Unlike those two, I think the talent that's behind the talent that might move on or whatever Farazine could replace them with, I think the m- marginal loss in Standard would be greater than those other two clubs will experience. You know, let's say they do lose Tony Uteclic, well, who are you going to get in to replace him? Um you know, there's not many players who'll be able to make the impact he did last season. If he goes and a couple of others go, then again, you're in the same question. And then you would sort of ask yourself if you have, um, if you sort of take maybe the three best players out of this side, um, which isn't beyond the realms of possibility by any means, then what do you have? Well, actually, you have a really average, really mediocre side um i think if we're honest a decent at the back no doubt about that you know uh, oliver seneca in goal is absolutely fine at this level um you know you look at the back line uh yoga uh, mashtonik again the they're fine players um they are players who will look good in a weak team and weak in a good team um, if you go into the midfield, the same sort of applies. You know, uh, Poshonsky, uh, Marim um and then further forward, Domogory Drozdek. He had an exceptional, I think it was a high, an exceptional half season a few years ago. Came back and didn't really do too much of anything. Um, I think that's really the issue that Varazin have. If they're able to keep everyone um, and keep everyone happy in doing so, uh, possibly a bit of a fool's errand that one, then, you know, I don't see why we can't see them as pushing for fifth and sixth. Uh, again, I don't think that's possible for them to for them to walk that balancing rope. Um, I think we will see them drop a bit, maybe to more eighth, um, if we're being entirely honest, because they, they sort of have to be eighth by... Default really because we know who's going to be seventh, don't we? It's 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 the team who are seventh almost every year. Um, it's seven and Belupo, but I don't think they're actually going to be seventh this year, um, because my question for them this time is: Did they get away with it last season? And I think pre-season last time around, I, you know, I've not listened to it I've, again or looked at what I wrote, but off my memory, I think I had them ninth or 10th. Because they came into the season with a really, really weak team. Um, And Zoran Zekic worked absolute wonders with them. Now, what's happened in the interim? Well, Zoran Zekic has left, and uh, the Dutchman, Ricardo Moniz, has come in who's a sort of, um, when you see, oh, there's a Dutch manager coming in. Um, that's interesting. He must be pretty good. Um, you sort of have that default thought. And then you look at his managerial record, and you're like, oh, 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 oh no. Oh, no. Um, which may be a little, a little bit harsh, but um, you know he was at Salzburg for one season, uh, at uh, French RR's for one season. Um, sorry, not one season for for eighteen months um before getting punted. Um his record really since Ben hasn't been great. Um you know he had a spell at Knotts County when they were um tr- still trying to be moneyed and that went went badly. You know, they were in League One when he took over. They were fifteenth in League Two when he left. Um and every job since then has been fairly unsuccessful. Um, I think it's quite hard to make an argument as to why this one would be especially successful. Um, because while we're saying Zoran so Zekic like, got them working really well, you know, we've got to then make the argument that um, money's probably won't I, I you know i think just by the very nature they're coming off a very good season for them um but a very good half season you know they're exceptional in the autumn and then in the spring there were more there were a, a bit more southern belupo i think if we're, if we're entirely honest and there's been a lot of business ins and outs this summer um not least i Thing, the one we have we have to say and have to immediately admonish that envelope for is that um, Ivan Kasanovic's career as a top flight footballer uh, has been ended. He's gone to Sivnik at the end of his contract. Um, he was told that he wouldn't be getting kept on, and in spite of the fact that he still had, you know, at forty, a very decent scoring record last season. Um, but yeah, they have just. You know it's the old yellow they've taken him out back and shot him um, and therefore <laughs> we we should all dislike Slavin blueper no we shouldn't um <laughs> don't 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 send me hate mail um, for that please don't send me hate mail for slavin balloper of all things god um but yes they have had a very busy um, a busy summer compared to some. You have Vincasolo going to Sarajevo, uh, Talis going to Valencia and obviously, previously mentioned, Robert Mudrasia going to Locomotiva. Um, all of whom are, are players that most sides in the league would be able to live without, but for South and Viluppo, they have traditionally had a smaller squad. Um, and they're probably less. Able to absorb that sort of loss than most. In terms of the incomings, there have been some interesting ones and some ones that probably look interesting that aren't um, so much. Um, Luka Ratchet, uh, the main one coming in from Sanderski, uh in the Danish leagues, um, one who'd been through Brentford, um, so originally started at uh, SCK and then was picked up by the Brentford system. Went through their um, B team, but obviously, yes, if you probably know with, with the Brentford system, it's like a very elite B team system. Made some appearances in League One and, and in the Championship in England, then they moved permanently to uh, Sanderski. Last season did okay, um, half, I think about half the time, um, and it moved straight on, on free to Southampton Um it's a decent sign, no, no doubt about that. Um, I think it's probably the only one. Um, the main person who's going to be taking on the mantle of being Ivan Kostanovic is Dylan Ortiz. Um, Dylan Ortiz is has come from Ufa in the Russian leagues, a uh, very satisfyingly named side, FC Ufa. Um, but you may know him. Um, he used to play primarily. Uh, he was part of Kukurici's, but mainly sort of known from playing for Match for Smatch and Parten Novi Sad in the Serbian league, both uh, clubs in which he got relegated with. And I think he's sort of uh, he's a bit like Mieres. I think probably is the closest comparison. He does a lot of work. Does a lot of annoying plays. Doesn't necessarily score very much. Oh, okay, you're talking about him being at size in Makba and Proletaire, who were towards the bottom of the league and his opportunities were quite low. But do you know what? That's what Salve and Belupo are going to be this season. Um, and if he's only scoring, if he's scoring worse, uh, worse than one in five clip, which is what he was doing in Serbia, then that's not going to be enough. Um, if, if we're entirely honest. So we don't know how the size of um, Zekic set up in terms of, you know, you would have a big focus on why getting the ball out wide and getting the ball in, into the mix. Um, quite traditional for Ricardo Moniz, it isn't that. So there's a bit of a change in philosophy there as well. Do I think this side got away with it last year? Yes, I do. Definitely. You know, on paper, was definitely better than them. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And you know, you look at this squad again and you think, Okay, you had a good season last time around, but I'm still sat here thinking, really give me a justification as to why you shouldn't be ninth or tenth. You're looking maybe at the Dardanian contingent of Hocha and Abmanai, um, who we know can be can both be very good um as well as of course anti Chinach. but you go further back and you look at the midfield doesn't really have much going for it you look at the back line racich is probably the best player there now um but again he's still he's still learning the ropes and the keeping situation is again it's it's okay um, you know, I think that they're certainly far more mediocre than the size I've described as mediocre already in this particular uh, season preview. You know, are they, you know, you compare them on paper to Istra, Lokomotiva and Gariccia and they compare negatively to all three. Um, to Varazine, I think that's very much a wait and see as to how they look and um what they're able to do in terms of replacing players, and who, whether or not people carry on as they did last season. Um, but yeah, I think Savinvlooper's floor is definitely lower than Varazines. Um Sorry, probably the other way around. Savinvlooper's ceiling is lower than Varazines, but their floors are probably quite equal. Which leaves us with one side to discuss, which is Rudez. And the question for them is simply, uh, do they stand a chance in hell? Um, actually, I, I put two questions here. I put, do they stand a chance? And then, no, really, do they stand a chance? Um, so I really wanted to emphasise that one. Um, do they stand a chance? No. <laughs> I think if we're entirely <laughs> honest, um, if you compare them to i have coming up last season, they are certainly a, a, a far weaker side. That there are names who you know people will know about, no doubt about that, but those names are not necessarily ones you'd want to, to bet the house on. Um, I think there are some interesting acquisitions, um, but and you're talking about if you look at their uh, their high profile acquisitions, you're looking at Dominic Mihailovic, comes in from Vukovar. Now he um, was at Debra Susana, not that long ago in Slovenia. I can confirm for you right now, he is not very good. Um, <laughs> probably the most interesting arrival they've had come in is Brian Adé. Um Brian Aday comes in from Saswodo, a 20-year-old Ghanaian. And he... He's good. Um, you know, I, and he has Serie A experience, very limited Serie A experience. He has plenty of Serie B experience, plenty of Primavera experience, and I'm I'm quietly confident. You know, having seen him also, you know, have a spell in at Ludes already, that he will be able to take a step up and you know and, and be able to do something uh, at this level, um, but of the players that have come in, that's about it. Um, I think really what you have um, at Rudez are a very good P and a half. So not P and a half um, because P over and L is a second tier. P over, high and L and a half. 1.5 high and L. Um, they're a good 1.5 high and L side. Um absolutely players who I think are decent um, you know, in terms of guys like Luka Pizarashek. Um, in terms of so going further forward, Alexa Lakaevich, Rokabrykovic um as well in the midfield. Yeah, I think that's a, that's quite a nice strong area for them. Dominic Cretar, uh again, a perfectly decent record. As does Thomas Gudelia. But yeah, you ultimately, I, I think for me, you know, really, we're talking about. Is it them or Sarge and Balupe who are going to go back down? And automatically, by being the side who are coming up, Rudettes are automatically the favourites to go back down. Um, and I don't think they're coming into this season with a side that looks really all that much stronger than what they finished off with last season. Um and if we're accepting that that's a fact, you know, then really we have to try and draw form lines. Um which is one of the more boring things to do in football, but um, <laughs> but almost by necessity you, you have to do it. Um, you know their friendly record has been okay, their pre-season record has been okay, even, but they sort of did run out of steam towards the end of last season, um, big time. Um, Savin Bilupo knocked them out of the cup in February uh, when Savin weren't on a particularly were on the way down. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think probably if you're looking, if you're pulling that form line together, you probably are saying rudes are in for a bit of a tough season. Um, it certainly won't be as tough a season as they had last time uh, they were in the high NL because last time, see, they were sponsored by Basconia and Basconia pulled out like two weeks before the season, leaving them with three players contracted. Um, and, you know, there being a very real possibility that they weren't able to put a team forward to start the league. Uh, they did manage it, but you know, as you can imagine, when you're in that sort of situation, it doesn't bode well for you having a strong season, does it? So that is our high low preview. It's a very long one. I apologize for that in advance. Oh, no, not definitely not in advance. I should have had that in the opening instead of everything I said there. If we're going to do my quick table prediction, Dinamo, then Hajduk Riaka, Osiak, Mm-hmm. Lokmiteva, Istra, Um Gerica. Van der Slaven Rudez. That's my guess. Please do uh, not hold me to that. Uh, please do not remind me of that at the end of the season when I get it completely wrong. And, you know, and Rieka won the title by 10 points. It is entirely possible. Jekirovic is damn good. And, um, you know, the, the business they've done is, is that sensible. Um, I think we're looking for a very interesting season. One thing just to mention, um, because just on my mind, know, to see over this yesterday, is the changes to the Champions League for next season. As you know, you start to go to the Swiss model, where you have 36 sides and everyone plays each other four times, and it's just nonsense the changes to the qualifying of that, if the Champions League winner qualifies for the tournament or through the league, then the place that they would take actually goes to the team with the highest coefficient in the champions qualifying path, which is more or less always going to be Dinamo unless Scotland get knocked out or, um, I don't actually know what Sylvester's uh, UF coefficient is, but it's probably not too far from Dinamo's. Basically it's going to be a very good development for Dinamo that, um, and hopefully one where the coefficient can grow as we go. But I have taken up more than enough of your time. We have the Croatian Super Cup coming up this weekend. Massive game. Um, <laughs> definitely not a glorified pre-season friendly. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, between Dinamo and High Then we have the league starting the following week. Just to quickly run through the first game. First day lineup for you that is going to be i say dinamo hosting hi doug rieka hosting rudez Ostiak hosting salvin bulupo Gorica hosting varazine and locomotiva hosting istra and then there's the five more weeks of it after that of just absolute enjoyment thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this if you have enjoyed it do share on social media twitter threads the lot leave a review on your chosen podcast service and Thank you very much for taking the time to listen. We've got plenty of season previews coming up, and I hope to see you there next time.